I don't believe that we should ever have the good money again before we take the thing out of the hands of government. Welcome back, everyone. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the websites by plebs. Joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner, shitposter, and the co-host of the Inside Bitcoin podcast. I'm talking about Neil Jacobs is joining us. But right now, we are diving into the numbers. Let's do it. Number time! Brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever hosted in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida, April 6th tonight. That means it's coming up. Get your tickets quickly before the price goes up and you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off. Speaker list includes Naim Bukele, Michael Saylor, Saifedine, Adam Back, Jack Maulers, Senator Lummis, Dr. Jordan Peterson. It's going to be absolutely bonkers and you can get your tickets down below. 10% off. At the time of this recording, the block had is 727,657. The Bitcoin price, 41,070. Chain rewrite days, 767. Total public lightning capacity. We're looking at a new all-time high on that. 3,514.11. Moscow time, 2435. Blocks to the halvening, 112,343. And the Samurai Whirlpool unspent capacity. Samurai Whirlpool is a collaborative spend or coin join service, not a mixer. The unspent capacity is 4,509.6 BTC. Nico, the numbers. The numbers, bro. Keep saying that unspent capacity until, you know, uh, they decide uh, that's, you know, privacy is illegal. <laughs> but anyways, I That's got- already happened. They just haven't informed us yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, they it's, a, it's it, it, they haven't made, they haven't told us peasants, but everyone else knows the in the swamp. Anyways, uh, we got a comment, Phil. I think it'd be a really good topic, and uh -oh. we could uh, talk about it with Neil. I'm gonna pop it up for you guys tomorrow. But uh, the comment says, "Why is Bitcoin becoming political?" Sailor pointed this out on on the PBD podcast. The media is asking politicians. Uh, that have not done any homework on the subject to have an opinion on Bitcoin, not gold, silver, oil, Bitcoin, we are winning. Okay, that is an excellent question. I'm going to kind of give my perspective, then Phil, then Neil, and, you know, because I think that there's no actual right answer to this, just mere observations from different perspectives. So, um, the reason it's getting political is because what is politics in the first place? Politics is essentially two parties competing for power, competing for their way of life, right? And then with politics, with power comes money, money and, polit and, and power, right? What is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is money. What is, it, what is it taking power away from? It's taking power away from the state because the state's power, right? The government's power stems from the fact that they have a monopoly on the creation of money. But now that there's an alternative, in my opinion, a better alternative, right? There's a struggle for power, which is why Bitcoin is becoming political, which is why you have politicians like Wendy Rogers in Arizona trying to make Bitcoin legal tender, which is why you have Warren Davidson trying to uh, solidify or secure the right to self-custody in the United States, which is why you have Senator Cynthia Lummis, which is why you have Senator Ted Cruz talking about it. So we need to decentralize. We need to break it apart. It's one of the reasons why I am so bullish on crypto, on Bitcoin. Because it is decentralized and not controlled. By the way, that is also why China recently banned Bitcoin. 
because they can't control it, which is the exact same reason Elizabeth Warren hates Bitcoin. The Chinese communists and Elizabeth Warren, they both want to control you. Your assets, your savings, your speech, your life, your children, every decision they want to control. And so we need to break up the means of controlling the citizenry. Which is why also on the other side, you have senators like Elizabeth Warren attacking Bitcoin. How much regulation do you want to put on now um, in the same same kind of breath that we would have had a conversation about should have we regulated the Internet more or not in the 1990s? You know, you might look at this another way. Look at the lesson from history about when do we regulate drugs? Um, as long as people can sell snake oil, it turns out that nobody really invested in having good drugs that were safe and that helped people. Because it's something that she can't particularly control if you believe Ted Cruz, right? So it's the answer, the answer to your question is it's becoming political because Bitcoin's market cap is increasing and it by increasing, it empowers people with wealth, right? So that's why it's becoming political. But anyways, those are my thoughts. Phil, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. So even though there may not be a right answer necessarily, I, it, it is a lot of gray area. But I, I think to your point, right, it's not about Bitcoin. OK, so it's not that they're necessarily taking a pick um, a position on Bitcoin. They're taking a, a position on what Bitcoin represents. And the thing is, is that Bitcoin aligns with certain philosophies and the you know, the, I'd say the political candidates who align with those philosophies the most are going to gravitate towards Bitcoin uh, the, the fastest or the most. Now, this is why we're kind of seeing some divide, right? Um, look, I, I saw something today, I, I think it was, or yesterday, about uh, possibly even, you know, the Democratic being, uh, the Democratic Party being a little bit torn with Elizabeth Warren's extreme stance on quote unquote crypto. So you can see that, you know, the people, you know, possibly the people that are being genuine about their, um, genuine about their actions, the politicians that are being genuine about their actions, they can see that Bitcoin does align with absolutely doing the right thing and not necessarily enabling the, the statist money printer, which we've seen is turning out to be a complete shit show. So, so look, there's going to be a lot of gray area Bitcoin because Bitcoin can be used by anyone and everyone. OK, there is going to be a lot of false narratives tossed around. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin doesn't give a shit and it's going to enable freedom whatever whatever that means and because it enables freedom any pol any politician or political leader that is against freedom gets exposed which is why we always say on an unintended feature of bitcoin is that it exposes tyrants on both sides by the way uh but anyways neil what are your thoughts on this yeah i would say that Bitcoiners have become a voter base, and that's really all politicians care about is getting reelected. I think I saw a poll at uh, the beginning of this year that almost 22 percent of Americans own Bitcoin, some amount of Bitcoin. Uh, that's a lot of votes. Uh, people really care about their money, and that's what Bitcoin is. So clearly they're going to you know, vote with their pocketbook. So it's, it's not really a surprise that uh, politicians are going to pander toward that pander. Yeah, towards that. Um, I think in terms of so you have politicians who want votes, but there's also a certain sect of Bitcoiners who have kind of woken up um, and realized that, 
you know, we hear like, oh, Bitcoin doesn't care. Bitcoin will be fine, whatever. Uh, but why not take the path of least resistance? We saw with the infrastructure bill last August um, that all of a sudden this like shitty bill for Bitcoin and I guess the crypto industry at large came came out and people were like, what the hell is this? And then Bitcoiners were relying on like Coin Center to like hold the mantle up. And they're like, like, fuck this, right? So you had... Um, organizations like the SAT Center, which I'm a, on the board of directors of, just full disclosure, uh, the Bitcoin Today Coalition. Um, I think BTC Inc. also has their own like Big, entity. Bitcoin Policy or the Bitcoin Policy Center as well, I think. By, yeah. 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 So there's a lot of like Bitcoiner focused uh, organizations that have uh, sprung out of what happened last August. There, there'd always been talks that uh, a lot of Bitcoiners wanted to organize um, and that really kicked them into action. So I think it's the politicians wanting votes and then a certain sect of Bitcoiners think, you know, we need to get involved. I know there's some that don't. Uh, personally, um, I rather have the path of least resistance. So I'm not against people getting involved. Bitcoin may be anti-fragile, but Bitcoiners aren't. So you have to make sure wherever you live uh, that you know, if you can make a change and make the laws as favorable favorable as possible, why not do that? Absolutely, dude. I think you hit the nail on the head. One hundred percent accurate. Boom. I think <laughs> during boom exactly during the transition, the transition to hyper Bitcoinization. Because without it, listen. Whether you, whatever fucking fairy tale you tell yourself, we are still living in a fiat world, right? Which means that the people that control the fiat still have. A lot of power right so during this rocky transition because it will get rocky i think it's i think it's a good strategy to what neil was saying to as many people on our corner as possible right just so uh it, do you know. it doesn't mean trust the politicians they cannot be trusted this like this one in like Arizona, this Wendy, whatever her name is, you know, she was, oh, Bitcoin, this, that. And then she's also saying, I, I would, you know, I support like, sh where are my Shibu Inu people at? It's like, not a woman. Like, we know she doesn't oh. really care. It's about pandering and votes. Look, the enemy of your enemy is your friend, right? Or is, is your ally, right? So that's kind <laughs> of the way, I don't know, but you guys know what I mean. But anyways, Phil, no, uh, uh, we're running out of time. Phil, it's okay, time okay. for it. The Daily Fail. Brought to you by Amber App. Check them out, amber.app. It's a stacking app by actual Bitcoiners. Low fees, fair spreads, smart automation. The link is down below. Amber, the smart way stack sets. All right. So, you know, we went a little heavy with the Wasabi wallet stuff for the last two days. We're going to take a different path here. We're going to take a look at how inflation is transitory and not happening. And then we are going to take a look at some shit coining. Let's take a look at this tweet. We were tagged in by ICO Sonat. Here we go. Rent inflation. Combine this with gasoline and food. And when do the protests start? That is a great question. That is a great question. Take a look at this. And this is pretty scary because I am going to have to rent, I think, for a very short time until I can move into my house. So this is going to suck. <laughs> it's, it's like flushing money down the toilet. You know, I, I know that like some Bitcoiners have arguments about home ownership versus rental and like you shouldn't have a house. You shouldn't have a chair. You shouldn't have a table. Don't get me wrong, but real estate is like the best type of shitcoin. Okay, like if you're going to shitcoin, you may as well hold real estate. Anyways, anyways, just putting that out there. Phil lives uh, under a bridge. 
<laughs> I'm a troll. <laughs> I live under a bridge and I'm a troll. Okay, before we get into the shitcoin, guys, we, we, you know, look, we, we talked about this. We've shown this time and time again. They are going to, what was the number that they just released? 7.9%. Yeah. Did you just see that chart? This, this magical thinking that they're coming up with to produce these numbers is very dangerous because I, I really do think that to a certain extent, there's going to be a part of the population that is going to wake up and not be able to afford basic life in the next possibly two to five years. Dude. And that's scary shit. Like, I don't think people really realize the implications of what that like. Have you ever seen what happens when there's no power? for like a few days like if you have like a power outage all of a sudden the gas stations are empty like i live in new england so milk and bread disappears for some reason like it's like that's just no power right what happens when you can't afford basic necessities dude that's freaky shit i mean (laughs) look i i i didn't experience i didn't experience this directly but i do have family you know i i i fortunately moved out of venezuela way before this happened and hyperinflation is 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 a terrible thing and make no mistake those cpi numbers are a lie okay they're they're a complete fucking lie um I, I would suspect the real rate of inflation is 20 to 25%. And the reason I say that is because if you actually look at the cost of energy and the cost of food, it's much higher, much higher than that 8% number that they give us. Now, on top of that, the asset inflation is real. What is asset inflation? Rich people don't really get hurt by inflation because they put they park their money in hard assets. And if you actually look at asset inflation, it's really like if you look at real estate, spe- specifically in South Florida, prices have gone up 35 to 40% in the last year and a half alone. Like I was looking at, 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 at properties or whatever, dude, it, for just a regular sh- Joe Schmo home in the South Florida area, you're just going to get a regular home for like 575000 And for, for like a, a, a good home, a good home, it's a million dollars. Who the fuck could afford that? And I'm talking about regular neighborhoods. I'm not talking about high class neighborhoods. One million dollars. And I'm not even going to get started about the rent prices. It's all interconnected. Inflation is the cause of those rising assets because people are trying to flee into what they consider hard assets. And for a very long time, real estate is considered one of those assets, right? So, dude, like, I think this is going to be a catastrophe. Uh, I recommend this book, uh, When Money Breaks with Phil, When Money Dies, which Phil recommended to me. And you'll get goosebumps with how many similarities they are with the end of money or the hyperinflation of money in Weimar Republic, which led to the 1930s and 1940s in Germany. If you guys know your history, people were so desperate, they, it, they elected a maniacal maniac that exterminated 6 million Jews on the continent of Europe. Okay, that is literally the consequence or could be one of the consequences of what happens in a hyperflationary environment. It's not just two simpletons on YouTube talking about this. You also had the CEO of Jack Dorsey literally saying hyperinflation and then two months later he quit Twitter, right? Like guys, like it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Look at how they respond when they get asked these simple questions. They, they just gaslight you. Go eat, go buy a Tesla. Like it's like, it, like these people have absolutely lost control without a shadow of a doubt in the way that you protect yourself. It's Bitcoin. Anyways, Neil. 
Yeah. So, you know, I'm not some like great macro economist. Um, I do know that my rent went up 28%. Uh, so, you know, that's the inflation number to me, right? That's my biggest expense uh, besides taxes, really. It, well, yeah. I mean, so if, if I didn't get a 28% raise in my jobs, so if your wages aren't keeping up, you're really shit out of luck. I don't know if like hyperinflation is like right around the corner. That's 50% month over month by definition. But I do know like, oh, OK. Yeah. So like, I don't know if that's going to happen. But 28% increase in rent is not pleasant, like personally for me. And it's yeah. not just my rent, right? All my groceries have gone up. Everything has gone up. Gas has gone up for a lot of different reasons. Um you know, if people can't afford things, they start stop spending. So I don't know if we keep having rising prices. I think like maybe they come back down. But like I said, I'm not the best uh, macro yeah, yeah. econ person here. It's a complicated. It's so complicated. It's global. It really well, we is. have no creds. You know, we have we have no creds. And, and we we as well uh, have speculated on the next step being price fixing. So. Yeah. I mean that that sounds pretty plausible. We'll we'll see. You hear uh, that I mean, with that, gasoline that right now. But yeah, I mean, and, and look, at the end of the day, no one has any fucking creds, okay? Yeah. Because the so-called fucking experts, okay, have been, been catastrophically wrong. And then two morons on the on the internet call themselves simply Bitcoin have been pretty fucking accurate. Which <laughs> and the reason for that is pretty simple. They're printing a fuck ton of money, which devalues everyone else's money. So it's, until they stop printing that money. Guess what's going to happen? More inflation, right? But now they're they stuck they're stuck between rock and a hard place, right? Because if they stop printing money, they crash the economy. If they keep printing money, more inflation. The third option that Mark Moss informed us when he came on the show, and I think he's right about because CNN posted an article not too long after saying price fixing might fix this inflation issue, right? So all we know, though, all we can say for certain, because all this is speculation, is that... I think something I think that the general feeling is that something potentially catastrophic could be around the corner yeah. if the prices keep rising and the way that you hedge and protect yourself against that is Bitcoin, baby, or it's the best way in our opinions. Anyways, Phil, what's the next fail? All right. Get ready because Deuce Finance dropped a deuce. Let's go. <laughs> Here we go. About three million in crypto drain. Oh, my gosh. Everyone's surprised again. No way. All right, at least 3 million in cryptocurrency has been stolen from Deuce Finance. The hacker trickled the Oracle contract into the pricing of the LP using flash loans. Okay, so decentralized oracles don't exist. They don't work. It's just complete made-up vaporware nonsense. I know that nobody wants to hear that, but that's what it is. Number one. Number two. How many of these flash loans do people have to get rug pulled in until they realize that is the use case? Your liquidity. You are the liquidity. Okay, the rug pull is the use case. Anyways, continuing on. The hack is made possible due to the flash loan assisted manipulation of the price oracle that reads the price from the pair of stable V1 AMM dash USDC slash D slash day DEI, which is their their shitcoin ticker symbol. So that even normal users unfortunately become insolvent. I love how they just give it this this name right here, Stable V1, you know, just so that you feel good about, well, it's stable. I don't have to worry. This isn't just going to rug pull on me. Three, two, one. 
The development today comes barely a day after the native cryptocurrency Deus reached an all-time high of $444. Look at that. Not even one day since their all-time high and they rug pulled. That's that's pretty interesting, right? I no way someone was just timing that, right? Like nobody was just watching the price and figuring out when to do this. Anyways, of course, guys, we've shown you this before. It's been a while <laughs> since we looked at this, right? It's like memory lane. You're just Alzheimer's patients revisiting the past like it's brand new. All right, look, wreck leaderboard. Here it is. Here it is again. All the wrecked shit coins that pretended to offer you liquidity, pretended to offer you stability, security, blah, blah, blah. All that good stuff. And let's go take a look at number 64. Deus Deo. Wrecked. Unaudited. I don't even think it matters whether it was audited or not. difference. No audited ones are one of the worst ones that get wrecked. Anyways, a little observation here before I pass it on to Neil. I was doing some rough math while you were going through those numbers. Dude, there's more than a billion dollars there. A billion dollars in rug pulls. Holy cow. Anyways, uh, Neil, what are your thoughts on Deus? I think that means God in Latin, actually. Dios. Dios. Anyway. I don't, I don't follow up? any shitcoin stuff. and Neither do we, but so we definitely make fun of it. No, it's, no, no. I know. <laughs> like, like the name of your show, Simply Bitcoin. Holding Bitcoin, it's simple. Just yep. hold Bitcoin. Why are people like messing with this shit? Like, stop it. I, I, I don't even like to talk about it. It's so irritating. Do I get some like schadenfreude and like, ha ha ha. Yeah, maybe a little. But like, <laughs> I just wish Bitcoin would take over and we'd be done with this crap already. Uh, I agree. And this is, ex this is exactly why we cover this, because we're literally trying to highlight the fucking clown world and, you know, try to at least. And we, we have we got got some comments, right? Whereas people's like, look, I'm selling my Ethereum, buying Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. dude. If if you right, if you buy, look, listen, at the end of the day, we're hard, you know, we're hardcore libertarians. This is a Bitcoin show, right? But if you want to buy shit coins with your money, go right ahead. Just understand that you're degenerate gambling, right? And the probability that you end up with more Bitcoin than you had before buying that shit coin is extremely low. That's what we tell you, right? And yeah, another rug pull for the books. Those rug pullers, bro. Billion dollars richer, baby. Holy f but anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. It's stories, articles, comics by toxic, savage Bitcoiners. And they're scarce. There's only a thousand physical copies made per volume. This is volume 10. It just dropped. Check out Citadel21.com today. The first meme is brought to us by the legendary Greg Zag. Anyways, uh, he uh, he's usually known for memeing and not TA, but yeah, I never want to miss some TA from the potato. Anyways, my TA based on current events and multitude of inputs you couldn't possibly understand and totally don't come from <laughs> glass note. Okay, let's, let's, let's check it out. <laughs> Very 
pretty well done. Uh, very well done. Um, I just might add, I think the people got scared shit. I didn't think that it was going to come down. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. This is by Pirate Beach Bum. This is, I think this is the meme of the day. Bitcoin yeah. pleb on the left, Bitcoin influence on the right. <laughs> Neil, I know who you think this is, Neil. I know who you think this is. Okay, anyways. Um, okay, uh, uh, next meme by RD underscore BTC. I told you so. The petrodollar. Bitcoiners, the petrodollar. Told you so. <laughs> This template's going around these days. It's very fitting. It's very good. Okay, rot into the core. Wasabi users. So when when are my coins private? Let me ask Chain Analysis if we care. Oh my god, savage. Savage. Okay, um, I don't know what this has to do with Bitcoin, but I'm, uh, run, I'm the running banks, the banks. Dude, he's an awesome account. Okay, orange girl bad. Someone had to say it. Uh, oh, that's funny. Okay, because they made fun of orange man. Okay, yeah. this is for anyone who doesn't know. This is Jen Pizaki. This is the White House press secretary. Uh, she Okay, listen, we like to be apolitical, but she has been spouting out a lot of shit lately, okay? When it comes to, it's like, why is the gas prices so high? Well, we, we're, we're working on renewable energies. What the fuck are you doing? Anyways, uh, that's bad my... Bad takes aren't exclusive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bad, bad takes, takes aren't exclusive. It's like, come on, come on now, come on now. Okay, anyways, uh, love is Bitcoin. Good morning. No, stop it, babe. You can't just keep going around saying good morning to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is with saying good morning. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. Oh, man. Where do you go? It's GM. GM. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, listen, it's it's a festive, you know? Bitcoin makes you optimistic. You want to wish people good morning. But you notice there's no good nights? It's always good morning. We got to change that. Anyways, Phil, for that, I'm going to give it a stamp on fiat. And it says... Let me flood and focus. Buy Bitcoin and check this out. Check this out. Woo! He Rip broke it. out the stamp. This is a stamp that I was given by Rockstar Dev at Unconfiscatable. And I beat you to it, Phil. What would you give this? What would you I'm, give I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. And I, and I will go off into my cave. I mean my bridge. Under my bridge. Okay. <laughs> so, but before I do that, before I go under the bridge... I have a sticker from a very important event in Lightning's history. Started by the Space Cat, Hodlanaut. Once upon a time, did not expect to do what it did, but it changed the way people looked at Lightning forever. It re wow, beautifully put, Phil. Okay, Neil, apparently we brought the big guns in terms of scores today. What are you going to give those memes? Well, you mentioned your family is from Venezuela, right? Yes, I did. So I have a $50 Venezuelan Boulevard that's Ooh. worthless. Ooh. Or not dollar, 50 Boulevard. I, I think I got one of those. Uh, no, this is a 20. I ripped it up already, though. <laughs> so I got a 50. So do I win or they're both worthless? I so. think we win. But, dude, I have a $100 trillion Zimbabwe note. Oh, Zimbabwe. I mean, which yeah. I totally ripped up, too. Ah, it's a collector's we item. Yeah, but... They, they become memorabilia. They're worth more than, you know, the currency value. It's true. It's true. But anyways, guys, do you agree with our scores? Do you disagree? Let us know down in the comment, 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 comment. Helps with the YouTube algorithm. And of course, make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms because we do talk shit about the World Economic Forum and shitcoiners <laughs> like Rumble.com and our personal favorite, BitcoinTV.com. And of course, join our Telegram group. Link us up. Thank 
dink, dink, Bitcoin memes to review. It's down in the link description. Join it. Join the Telegram group. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily News. Brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch. Like the famous 3D printed Bitcoin art sculpture grenade opens up. You can put your favorite hardware wallet in there and you can get this in any custom color your heart desires. You might want to make this purple, red. You could do that, but only on CryptoCloaks.com. And you can take advantage of the link down below for 5% off. Okay, so, so, Phil made an excellent point in the beginning okay he's talking about <laughs> phil's trying to be humble he did make an excellent point um basically saying like look this inflation thing is getting out of control neil gave his you know his his you know his example with the rent going up 28 percent in my case in south florida home prices up 30 percent we have food energy everything's going up now this is the u.s secretary of transportation right so you know he he you know, takes care of everyone, you know, driving, and I guess that's everything, right? So this is a, I'll put the actual uh, definition in there if you guys want to read that. But anyways, he's a government official. Pete Buttigieg on Biden administration, and apparently they asked him about the inflation. And what I've noticed is that most of the administration, including Jen Pizaki, which we just kind of made fun of during the meme review. And again, this isn't, this, this isn't about the Democrats being in power. This has to do with the answers that they're giving to these questions. So anyways, let's hear what they have to say. Yeah, just picking up on the inflation, uh, Mr. Secretary, we talked to a lot of business leaders here, a lot of CEOs, and they are now, and I just noticed a shift in their tone where they're thinking inflation is no longer transitory. That's That's been in the water. That was the last year thing. It's becoming permanent. Uh, do you think it's permanent? I don't think anything is permanent, but I think it's clear that this is a, a serious economic issue. Uh, oh, yeah, just picking up on the inflation. Oh, Dude, like, oh, man. Remember? It was like, guys, just let me give you a little f- refresher. There is no inflation. Inflation is a good thing. Inflation is transitory. It's the supply chains. It was the virus. It's now Russia. <laughs> You're starting to notice a pattern here. Oh, man. Uh, and, and philosophically, Nico, uh, nothing is permanant. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So. Was he getting philosophical on us? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, on a more serious note, uh, Bitcoiners use this service a lot. Unchained Capital. Apparently, they had a leak. And the reason we're covering this is because a lot of Bitcoiners use them. So let's get into the details of what that leak was. So... I think they started off with the good news first, but let me go straight to the bad news and then we'll get to the good news. Okay, so what information was compromised? Again, this wasn't their internal systems. They were using a third-party email server service. So uh, for clients, this data included email address, username, account status, active or inactive, whether the client had an active vault or loan with Unchained Capital, yes or no. Um, so, you know, they basically, that's a lot, that's a lot of information, not necessarily to know how much Bitcoin you have or to whatever, but you know, the phishing scams, you know, they they might get very specific in the future. Um, what information was not compromised? The social engineering attack took place on the AC platform involved AC personnel, uh, procedure systems and application. None of the unchained capital systems, applications, employees, or accounts, admin or client were compromised. Because none of unchained systems were compromised, the following information was not subject 
to the compromise client profile information containing personally identifiable information, address, social security number, date of birth, IDs, phone numbers used in our KYC process, bank account numbers, passwords, Bitcoin addresses, Bitcoin balances, loan balances, trading activity, vault statements, loan statements. So, um, look, what is what is the worst that could happen from this? The same thing happened with Ledger. Ledger was using a third-party email service. I guess, you know, hackers are savvy enough and they figured out let's perhaps not attack these companies directly. Let's attack, you know, some third-party system that they're using that looks like that was the case with Unchained Capital. Um, this is an important reminder not to use your first and last name in your email address, right? You know, use a cryptic username, use a cryptic email address specifically for these types of things. You don't want them knowing exactly, you know, like who you are through your email. And then another important component, right, is that you might start receiving, um, phishing attempts from emails that look very similar to unchained capital emails and because they'll know your email and they'll know your username right so that might maybe convince you to potentially fall for that phishing attempt and you know give up private information or give up you know access to your bitcoin god forbid right so it's it's important to bring this to attention i know it's a very popular company i'm a fan of that company myself um and you know by these types of mistakes which i don't think is a catastrophic mistake because no really really private information was revealed no bitcoin balances were revealed or anything like that you know they're going to obviously take attempts to rectify it but it, i think this is troubling because you also had a hardware wallet company not too long ago that you know had a lot of email addresses stolen as well from the third-party service that we're using or perhaps maybe it was an internal i don't i don't i don't remember exactly but anyways phil what are your thoughts on this yeah so speaking of the ledger uh speaking of the ledger hack right they, they had two problems initially they had the issue of the email addresses being stolen and then after that a uh, few months uh a few months, I'd say like six months later, all of a sudden, uh, a whole bunch of customer data ended up showing up on the dark web. So um, look, in terms of Unchained Capital, right? I mean, I at, at this point, I'm not surprised when this happens. I'm just disappointed, not necessarily even in the company, but just look at this point, many companies can't afford to have their own infrastructure for all these things. It's much easier for them to outsource. Now, of course, Unchained Capital, like there's only so much vetting that they can possibly do. And I'm not making any excuses for them because at the end of the day, everybody's responsible, right? The, like that company is responsible for its customer data. I think that what they did was they handled it the best way that they can, which is be transparent that it happened, explain the data that was compromised, right? And explain what data was not compromised. And that sets the expectation, right? Yeah. Like th th there's nothing worse than, you know, trying to, um, uh, what, what's it called? Not dumbing it down, but essentially trying to make it seem like, oh, you know, it's it's not as bad as you think and this and that. It's like, no, it doesn't make a difference whether it's as bad as we think. What's important is the company came out, was transparent about it and explained what the expectation was and what the information was that was compromised. I so, agree. Neil, look, 
Oh, sorry, Phil. Oh no, that's it. I was just finishing with that. Uh, Neil, do you? What are your thoughts on this? No, I agree with everything you guys said. I think it's a a little less serious than maybe ledgers. I think like physical addresses were also leaked in the ledger. They were um, hack. You know, if you, I, I feel like we're at the point in like Bitcoin's timeline where the less third parties you interact with, the better. Um, like, do you really need to loan your Bitcoin? Do you really need to do all these things? Like, one, it's risky, right? The rehypothecation of your Bitcoin, but also just giving up privacy. To be specific, Unchained does not do that. They don't. They, what? They don't they, do that. Okay. No, they use a. But, it, but they, it, use a, they use a multi-sig. But I get your point. Yeah. Well, regardless, you're giving up information to people. Do you want well, to do that? But I'll even hit back and I'll say this is the dangers of KYC and AML. Yeah. Right. This is no, absolutely. The, this is one of the unintended consequences of KYC and AML, which is supposed to supposed to protect everybody and everybody, but it creates honey pots of information. We saw that with the Equifax hack, right? Yeah. And then what did they do? They sent everyone like a twenty, like a uh, like a free credit report for the year. Oh, just don't <laughs> worry about this, you know. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a couple things, you know. It's unfortunate, but it it's not a, a a brutal leak, you know. Just be careful if you do use Unchained. Keep an eye out for those phishing attempts, you know. Verify, double check where that address, where that email is coming from. Anyways, more positive news. This is absolutely crazy that this is happening in an active war zone. Um, this is some news that dropped two hours ago. When we recorded the episode, of course, Ukraine President Zelensky signs law legalizing Bitcoin. That is misleading, the legalizing Bitcoin. But anyways, I digress. Uh, President uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine has officially... I'm not even going to try to pronounce the first name. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> President Zelensky of Ukraine has officially z- signed into law the structure upon which Ukraine will build Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency markets, legalizing the emergent market in a way that is, quote, bringing the crypto sector out of the shadows, according to a translated press release from the Ministry and Committee for Digital uh, transfers in Ukraine. The signing of the law signifies Ukraine's first step towards an open cryptocurrency market away from their rocky path to legalization. So I think this is a great move. This is a great step forward. Again, during this transition, you want these types of things happening. In the grand scheme of things, right, if you're a hardcore Bitcoiner and you're buying Bitcoin, and you're just fucking no one knows who you are no one knows your identity no one knows you know how to get you and you're saving for the hyper bitcoin is a hyper bitcoinized world 20 year 20 20 25 years from now right you know you might not care about this right but i think this is a good step in the right direction and i know that we 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 heard some amazing stories about Ukrainians fleeing and the only thing that worked for them was Bitcoin. And that was the only way they could buy food or a car, et cetera, et cetera. So it's good that you have this acceptance within these countries. I know in the European Union, right, they one of the things that wasn't talked about a lot because most people were talking about how they struck down the the, you know, the the print, the ban on proof of work. But what a lot of people didn't talk about is that they also passed some legalization in terms of Bitcoin. So what we're seeing around the world is a combined effort to what are the laws, right? Because in the U.S., they're not defined. In Europe, they're not defined. In Ukraine, they weren't defined. Everyone was using Bitcoin. They could buy Bitcoin. But the actual regulation structure 
hasn't been defined yet. And I think the reason for that is because they still haven't come to terms with the fact that within the Bitcoin ecosystem, by design, you can't regulate things, right? So anyways, just some some speculation, some thoughts. Neil, I'm going to pass it on to you first. Yeah, what I would say is we're seeing all these little examples every other day, it seems like, of why Bitcoin's important. Um, I'm, I'm super bullish. The fact that, you know, Bitcoin is still so cheap <laughs> is incredible. Um, yeah, you got... What just happened in Canada? Um, everything's just bullish for Bitcoin. I'm just super, super excited. Absolutely, Phil. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm bullish on Neil's comments. No, uh, so look, it's right. Uh, no, uh, so look. Uh, in terms of in terms of what's going on there, I, I don't really look. I, I, at the end of the day, I, I don't give a shit. You know which country decides to to make Bitcoin legal tender or not or whatever. And look at the macro. Look at the macro. I know. It, I know. In, I know. In, if you zoom in, it's fucking it's noise. Okay, but if you look at the macro situation, you start to make a pattern, which is why I had to give all the other examples. And what? And and when you and when you yeah, legalize something, was it Ill illegal before? It doesn't like, matter if it was illegal it, before. This, because if you're if if you're fleeing the fucking country, yeah, do you like, fucking care what that yeah. shit. It's like you want to feed your family, right? Course, so you're going to use the best tool to feed your family, but the it's all the, just okay. The mainstream acceptance is important not for the individual, but for Bitcoin companies that are trying to build within that country, right? Yeah. So that's why I see but but Ukraine's at war, so I don't anyways, I digress. Let's I get on to let's get on, okay. let's get on to more 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 news. Okay. Anyways, just check this out. Nico doesn't uh, want me to disagree. No, disagree all you want, <laughs> I'm Phil. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just Ah, okay. So next, next, uh, next, check this out. So we were talking about this yesterday when we were dropping on the news, like why the, f excuse my language, why the f is the SEC <laughs> not improve and not approving a Bitcoin ETF? Well, we don't, apparently we're not the only ones to, to feel that way. Apparently uh, the, the Bitcoin and shitcoin community, mostly Bitcoin community, is putting a lot of pressure on representatives. Uh, this is Tom Emmer. Shout out to him. Remember the politicians that support Bitcoin. Remember them. My office has received numerous tips from crypto and blockchain firms that the SEC chair Gary Gensler information reporting requests to the crypto community are overburdensome and don't feel particularly voluntary and are stifling innovation. This is why I sent a bipartisan letter today to SEC Gary Gensler with I'm going to read them all because it's important that we remember the representatives, the congressmen that support Bitcoin and shitcoin. Not really Bitcoin is what matters, but hey. You gotta, you can't, you can't pick your battle, I guess. Anyways, okay. Rep. Darren Soto, Warren Davidson, uh, Rep. Achin Kolos, Rep. Donald Press, Rep. Josh G, Rep. Ted Bud, Rep. Richie. Okay, I'm sorry, Archie, Archin Close. Um, but anyway, so shout out to those representatives. Again, this is putting pressure on the SEC to a big, to approve a Bitcoin ETF. And dude. Why is there more KYC and AML requirements in Bitcoin than there is in the regular fiat system? And this goes back to what I was saying. Right now, it's like the five stages of grief, and it's like you're at one of the stages is like, oh no, let, let's let's uh let's you know let's uh let's uh it, it, you're you're not fully accepting it, but you're 
what's the word phil like you're trying to negotiate you're like not complete you're not completely accepting it and governments are not completely accepting the fact that you can't regulate bitcoin once bitcoin is in bitcoin right you can only regulate the on on and off ramp so i think that's what's happening here um and then let me move on to the last piece of news real quick uh this is a rumor. This isn't confirmed, but this is Mr. Hoddle. He says, I think Kraken FX has implemented the Lightning Network. This is absolutely huge. This would be a big deal. Uh, and the yeah. reason that I don't think it's com completely a rumor um, is that Jesse Powell liked this, treat, this tweet. Um, this one in particular, I'll, I'll click on it in a second. You have a lot of high-profile Bitcoiners saying it and then particularly this was an announcement that kraken actually said but it took a very long time this came out in december 16 2020 a need for speed kraken to launch bitcoin lightning integration in 2021 and i remember seeing that so it, it, it you know i think it i think maybe it took longer than they anticipated so absolutely bullish and then let me click one last thing before i get your thoughts phil let me click on the Pierre Richard. This is a Pierre Richard tweet. He says, "I think it, Kraken has implemented the Lightning Network. Huge, if true." And then Jesse Powell, which is the CEO of Kraken, like this tweet. So, again, no official confirmation, but it looks like Kraken, one of the biggest and most respected Bitcoin and shitcoin exchanges, added Lightning, which would be awesome. Because the unintended consequence of that is it's going to put pressure on other exchanges to add lightning. And in the process of adding lightning, it defeats a lot of the fucking shitcoin narratives, doesn't it? So I feel Coinbase is going to hold out to the very end. Like, no, no, you could buy IOTA, Tron, blah, and it would be faster. Ugh. Anyways, Phil, what are your thoughts? So a little bit of uh, a little bit of historical social reference, right? Back in 2020, when Kraken made that announcement, Pierre Rochard was working for them, and he ended up getting a lot of shit. Okay, he ended up getting a lot of shit from Bitcoin plebs a year later, saying we're lightning. You know, when lightning, every single time he would talk, every, any single time he'd put out a post, you'd have some, you know, some toxic plebe responding, "When's Kraken gonna have lightning?" So look, it just takes a little time. I, I think that's something that we all don't appreciate, especially if if we didn't work in a giant corporation. Um, we don't appreciate how slow the wheels move in a corporation. Okay, wheels move slow, just like Nico's moving really slowly across the screen. I think that that would even be light speed for a corporation, especially depending on the size of the corporation. Right, the bigger the corporation, the slower it moves. So <laughs> Neil, what are your That's thoughts? That's all on I this? got. Neil, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, what are these thoughts? Big, big exchanges don't have an incentive to have lightning, right? They charge exorbitant fees to like withdraw your Bitcoin, um, and you know, they they just have no, it makes shitcoins useless. Lightning made shitcoins useless; they were already useless, and it makes them even more useless. So they have no incentive to bring it on. Um, we'll see if others adopt it. I don't know if they will. Um, I, I think market for is it you know you know you know why you know why I speculated that they might the same reason that PayPal and and uh, Robinhood didn't allow withdrawals, but now they started adding withdrawals. Why would they do that? Because obviously they want to compete with their competitors, right? So that's the only speculation. But in, in this case, there's no way to know 
I'm just being optimistic, Neil. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Phil, there was an open source software release. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases. Brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out. CypherSafe.io. It's the best place to store your Bitcoin seed. Store your seed in the Cypher wheel or the all-new Cypher grid. Comes complete with punch tool and tamper-resistant wire. All right, we've got Zeus version 0.6.0 that was released. It's down below in the show notes. Guys, don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And if you want to stream us some sats, Fountain FM. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, before we go, I want to give a very special shout-out to our thread sponsor. They make awesome hoodies. RepHard.com. Phil's wearing the Decentralized Corp, and I'm wearing the normal black one. Right? I wanted just like a normal one. I usually wear a bright one. But anyways, you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off anything off the RepHard.com store. Guys, I also want to give a very, very special shout out to our awesome guest. I met him in the flesh at Unconfiscatable. His name is the legendary at Neil Jacobs. You can go give him a follow on Twitter. He is the co-host of the Inside Bitcoin podcast. Definitely go check it out. Support Pleb Podcast. Do your part for this revolution but anyways guys if you enjoyed the show you know what to do smash the like button smash it smash it and of course if you want to continue watching the bitcoin news and from the plea plan perspective i completely forgot and the catastrophic fails like from the world economic forum and the shit quarters and the rug pulls definitely consider subscribing to simply bitcoin we'll see you tomorrow guys for a brand new episode we shouldn't be the only ones laughing at this clown world join in the fun it's time to stack bitcoin Oh, yeah, Kasha.